Welcome to North Alley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled, The Next Journey. If you are interested in North Alley Church or our Sermon Podcast, you can find us on our website, nvcmd.org. And good morning, North Valley. It's good to see all your smiling faces and little moving bodies really fast as everybody gathers their snacks and their things for this morning. I love that intro only because I can picture the guy that plays that guitar. Have, has anybody ever witnessed like those videos of those guys that do that wild, tappy, percussion-y guitar playing? Can't do it. I don't even need to attempt. It's insane. But I can bet that if John spent five minutes, he could probably figure it out. So, we're all going to encourage John Pleasy, the lovely, uh, shiny head brother of mine that sits back here and is playing drums today, who plays lead guitar most of the time. We're going to try to convince John to learn how to play guitar like that. Yeah? 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 yeah. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> cool. Well, it's so good to see all you. We are on the uh, back end of our series called The Next Journey. Uh, We've spent quite a few weeks now um, going through uh, the direction of North Valley as we kind of kicked off the beginning of this year. We talked some about North Valley's mission. Uh, I think I have a slide for that. Yeah. Um, Our our mission, we've talked some about our our vision. We talked some about our uh, values. So uh, North Valley's mission is empowering people with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Grace and truth cross for Jesus. All right. Um, Our vision is to empower people to impact the kingdom of God inside and outside of North Valley Church. Um, And so we've spent a lot of time just kind of going through what it looks like and what our mission and our direction, the, the way we're pointing towards here at North Valley Church as a church. Um, We spent time going through our values. Uh, We spent at least three weeks going through our values, so healing, equipping, and commissioning, what that means, how that works for us individually, um, and how that works for us as a church, and how we're we're trying to work around building people up, helping to help people heal, helping people to be equipped, and then helping people to be commissioned and going out and doing what God has directed them and told them to do, what he's called them to um, in their lives, and how he's created them to go and do that. And so we spent quite a few weeks um, going through that. Today, we're taking a little bit of a different turn um, because it's really cool for an organization uh, for us to have a picture and a direction of where we're going for or the direction we're going in for any church. And I I just suggest for you, if you're you're out and paying attention to other churches, if you attend another church every once in a while just to check it out, if you're here for the first time and you normally attend a different church, like find out what their mission is, find out what their vision is, find out what their values are, because being a part of that church and just going in on a Sunday morning is, is cool. It might help you a little bit on a Sunday, um, but really what we're trying to work towards here together as churches, the global church, is life change, right? We're trying to work together to help change others' lives. We're trying for our lives to be changed. We are trying to work towards how God created us to be and what he's called us to do and what he's asked us to do for his kingdom. And so it's an important thing to know a church's mission, vision, and values, and it's important enough to us at NBC. And Dan has done a really good job of listening to God's call on his life and putting together the structure in the church that we can support him. But it's really important for the church to get that out there because it's important for you guys to understand the direction we're going in. But we also, as individuals, need to figure out how we fit 
within that plan, right? Because it's one thing for a church to say, this is what we're doing, and for it to be up to the pastor of the church or the staff of the church or the leaders of the church to try to carry that out. Um, but if we're not all working together, it's really hard to obtain um, and, 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 and reach that mission, to be able to use those values, to be able to reach that vision, to be able to move in that direction. So we have to be able to do it together. And so it's important to understand how that works with the church, but it's also important to understand how we fit in that individually um, as, as followers of Christ in our relationship with God. And so today... Um, this week I went through like a whole sermon. Uh, it was it was beautiful. It was like four pages. Um, it was it was I, I mean like I and it felt great. Like I nailed through this thing, and then like I finished, and I was like, wow, like, that's really good. Like, oof, man, this is gonna be a good one. And then I was like, family Sunday, hmm. And Maddie's like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, I don't know. I I, I like where it went, but I don't think it's the direction that like I'm supposed to go. And I feel like this is better for like a weekend retreat. <laughs> Because there was so much content, it was insane. Um, so I canned it, uh, not canned it, I actually bucketed it into my folder in my drive where I hide all of my things when I get a bit, and like end up with like, blah, and I'm like, whoa, this isn't going to work on a Sunday morning. Um, and the best part was Dan C's where like we, we work in the same playground on Teams, uh, we work in the same uh, area when we're working on messages and stuff. So if he finds something, he's like, hey, this might work good for your message, he'll put it in there. Or if he's like, hey, Grant, you're going the wrong direction, he can see that. Um, doesn't happen. It has never happened, actually. And more often, what happens is Dan reads it, and he goes, whoa, that's really cool. He sends me an email. Hey, Grant, that's really cool. Um, and I'm like, thanks, Dan, I think. Um, but, uh, right, like, I got to stay young and fresh. I'm the young and fresher guy, uh, relatively young and fresh. All right, maybe I'm not that young, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> Dan's not here. I can say things like that. <laughs> um, but it was funny. I got an email from Dan. It was like, Grant, the message looks great. But remember, it's a family Sunday and you have 18 minutes. And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm going to be, Dan's words, I'm going to be praying for you that you can make all this fit into 18 minutes. And I was like, oh man, daggone it. When church people use that praying thing, you always got to like, you got to be prepared because something's coming. You know, you're like, oh, like, don't worry. I'm going to pray for you to make a better decision with your life. Like, oh, crud, I done messed up. So we put it aside and we started over. And I've, I've always liked doing messages like this where, um, where I use, I like to look at other people, other examples, and I use them and try to reflect it back on what it looks like for me. Um, because I grew up as a younger brother. Um, I was number two of the four boys, so I grew up as a younger brother. But I feel like I've always just like enjoyed watching and learning from other people's learning, um, partially because I don't like being wrong, um, partially because I'm never wrong. Uh, and part, no, just kidding, I'm not, I'm not never wrong. But partially because I don't like being wrong, and I think partially because I'm like a, I, I, and I told a guy this, and I'm going to put my foot in my mouth again and say it, but I'm like a no-risk kind of individual. Like, a, I don't like doing things that are going to be potentially a little bit scary um, or could potentially fail and end up really bad. Um, even though I know I'm fully capable of making it work, I'd rather get somebody else that's nearby that's like more confident in their ability to be able to like walk alongside me. So like working on cars and things, dad would always be like, yo, pops, what you up to? He's like, oh, what are you working on? I'll come by. He's like, you know how to do that. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. But if I mess up, you're nearby to keep me from getting messed up. You know what I mean? Um, and he'd come and he'd help and this kind of thing. So I've always kind of grown up that way. So I've always liked to watch other people and how other people function, how their life played out, what that looks like, and then try to reflect it back on my own life. And so today, I recalled, as I, well, not today, as I was going through this new message breaking down what I had done before, trying to make it fit a little bit more into a family Sunday, and trying to make it fit a little bit more with our smaller friends, um, I recalled 
this buddy of mine. And I was like, oh, man, Carl's life would be perfect. It fits so well. So today we're going to be going through what I called a lesson from Carl. A lesson from Carl. So a real quick look into Carl. Uh, Carl's, uh, when, when I met him about uh, five to ten years ago, Carl was in his 70s. Uh, older guy, had experienced a lot of life. Um, Carl's life had been really interesting. Started off way back young, was really excited to be like adventuring. He was an adventuring explorer kind of type. He liked to listen to his, one of his favorite explorers. Uh, I think the guy's name was something months. I don't remember. Um, and, and Carl just like loved this dude, right? Listened to this guy all the time. He was one of his favorite guys to listen to, right? He just, it, he just worked Carl's mind. It just kind of like Carl was, was on this pan, plan of like, I'm going to be a great explorer, and that was kind of the direction Carl toned, honed his life as a young guy, right? He would go out and explore. He ended up making friends with a young lady who also loved to explore. It was amazing. And the two of them became great explorers. As they grew up together, keep your hands down. As they grew up together, um, as they grew up together, they, they grew closer together in a relationship. They decided to get married, right? Beautiful things happen. Their life continues to progress. But as I look at Carl's life, I was like, holy cow, um, Carl, you were following like a calling on your life since a little tiny guy. Like, this is amazing. Like, you have felt called to explore great places, to go do great things. And then not only that, like you practiced your exploring as a young dude heading in that direction, right? You ended up meeting somebody who also likes to explore. You got married. You both wanted to explore. But then guess what happens, right? They get married. They buy a house. The house is a shack because they're broke, right? Oh, forgot to introduce you to Carl. I brought some pictures. Kurt, so this is Carl. Um, Carl was a good friend of mine. I, I learned about in a movie. If you've ever seen the movie Up, it is a wonderful movie. Carl and Ellie uh, in their younger days down there in the bottom, and they were trying to go towards Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, a beautiful landscape, I think somewhere in South America, if I remember right. Yeah? All right, word. Somewhere in South America. And, and they had this distinct picture of something they were trying to go after. They felt called to go do that. They were working hard together in a journey in life to move towards this. Now, was Carl a Christian? I don't really know. Was Ellie a Christian? I don't really know. Did they have a relationship with God? I'm not entirely sure, okay? But conceptually, Carl and Ellie's life was a lot like mine so far, right? You get this picture. You think you're in this direction. You move towards this thing as a young person. You get married. You move on. You're, you're kind of pursuing something. You're a bit, Grant, being a bit nervous about it, you're a bit nervous about what you think you're supposed to be doing. People are telling you all the time, you should be doing this. Grant's like, you, yeah, okay, not. Uh, how about we line everything up, we make it infallible, and then I will pursue it once I have a very clear plan of how not to mess this up. Um, and that's been Grant's sort of story. And so up to this point, like there's Carl in his 70s. Uh, he had, had learned some things. He's got the gray hair, the cool glasses. Um, there's Carl and Ellie, younger days. And there's their Paradise Falls jar where they collected their money as they were pursuing exploring. Beautiful thing. Really cool story. But the wild part of the story isn't up to that point where they were young, they were exciting, and they were exploring. The cool part of the story, one of my favorite parts of the story, is all the sad stuff that happened. Next slide, Curdy. So Carl, Carl was pursuing exploring. 
They get married, beautiful things. They experience loss. Carl experiences more loss. Not only did Carl and, and Ellie experience loss, and then Carl eventually lost Ellie, they went through being poor, they went through having an, a house that they needed to work on. They spent a lot of time working on their house. They got it to a place where they think they liked it. A tree falls through their house in a storm. If that isn't like real life, right? A tree falls through their house in a storm. Now they've got to start all over. They smash their fund that they're storing up money for to go on their great adventure. They start all over repairing their house. They continue to pursue these things. After his loss of Ellie, Carl acquires... Uh, more baggage. Not only random baggage that shows up at his front door that was not necessary, but Carl rekinders this, this, this idea of like, I'm going to be, I want to explore, and now I'm going to do it for Ellie. And so Carl pushes forward in his exploring and his adventure to pursue it, and he comes up with this amazing plan. I'm going to float this house with balloons. What? Carl, who's ever done that before? Nobody, but he's brave and bold, and he is called, and he is going to do his stinking thing. He is going to Paradise Falls, and he's going to prove everybody that even though I've had to go through a bunch of junk to get me there, I'm going to roll through it. And so Carl pursues. He ends up acquiring some other people in the journey, a young man named Russell, who is a bit of a rub. He's on the wee bit on the annoying side, a lot of bit on the irritating side, and he just kind of just wants to just be, I just need some help so I can help an old person get, so I can get my badge. And so he's, he had his own mission, right? And so Carl just absorbs this little guy named Russell, which was a lot like me, so was, again, bring me home to Carl's life. Um, and then he ends up on his journey, which ends up being a part of Carl's journey, which he ends up finding this bird named Kevin and this dog named Doug, and now he's got this whole herd of a mess while he literally carries his house behind him with a garden hose attached to his back. Carl had a really cool call at the beginning of his life. Carl was really excited about the direction it takes. It was going to take. Carl was preparing for that life of adventure, but the world threw a bunch of junk on Carl's back. Carl was prepared for the adventure. Carl was prepared for some difficulty, but the difficulty became worse, and the difficulty became harder, and Carl ended up doing it on, a, on his own. He had no other option. He had to pursue his mission on his own. And then even in pursuit of his mission on his own, he gets more baggage, more difficulty, more things trying his patience, more things to irritate him, and they just keep piling on. How many times can you look back in your time here, not at North Valley, but, in, but on earth, how many times can you look back and go, I was so close to going the direction I thought I was going to go or I was supposed to go, and then all this junk started piling up around me. All the loss, all the pain, all the hurt, all the difficulty, all the struggles, all the wild turns, all the mess, it just kept coming, and you just couldn't stop it. And it's just so easy to turn away from the direction that you felt called to go and just give in. Because I wasn't expecting that to happen. I thought she was going to be with me, and now she's not here. I thought I was going to have that perfect house, and now there's a tree through it. I thought I was going to be able to handle this on my own, but now I've got a whole herd of other people that are just dragging me down, irritating me constantly, and keeping me from where I want to go. How many times in your life has that happened? For me, in my 36 years, it's happened a lot, and it's blown my mind. 
every time I'm like, yeah, and that's totally not. Um, I was, may have been excited about that when I was in my teens, but in my 20s, yeah, nah, that's, I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to be doing that now because there's all this other junk now that I have to just separate and continue to carry on life with. I have to fight through the rest of this stuff. I have to figure that out. I have to figure this out. I need a career. I need money. I need a wife. I got a wife. She's awesome. I got kids. Okay, they're cool. They're cool. They slow me down, but they're fun, right? I got this plan. I got this job. I lost this job. I got this job. I hate this job. I like this job. I don't like that job. Here it is. There it goes. Here's my stuff. My stuff's gone. You know, the big things happen. It's just the world we live in. And see, the wild part, one of my favorite parts about this movie, is Carl continued to pursue his goal. Now, did he do it in a perfect manner? Come on, Russell, let's go on to Paradise Falls. Oh, you want to stop and check? You need a badge? I'll happily help you. No, he was like, get out of here, punk kid. Go away. Get out of here, goofy talking dog. Go away. This bird that keeps following me around named Kevin. Why are we even calling it Kevin? What is this thing? Go away. I'm trying to do something. Leave me alone. That was Carl's life. He didn't want any of that stuff. He just wanted to reach his goal. And see, as the movie progresses, you see the irritant building up in Carl. And it's not until he gets and meets his great explorer, Mr. Muntz. And I, don't, I wrote down his name. I thought I did. I may not have. I don't remember his actual first name. But he meets this guy, Muntz, that he had been listening to, the great explorer. Turns out great explorer has been out exploring for a really long time, looking for some bird that they found a skull to that looks a lot like Kevin. Here's Carl with a Kevin I don't want. Here's my great explorer. And guess what? As Carl meets explorer, Carl realizes explorer is not a good person. Matter of fact, explorer guy, Mr. Muntz, is the closest to evil Carl's seen. And now, Carl, who didn't want the bird, who didn't want the kid, who didn't want the stuff, who didn't want the pain, who didn't want the house that blew apart, who just wanted to go on his adventure, has to deal and face with evil. Not just one guy, but the guy with this pack of angry talking dogs. There's nothing worse and scary than a pack of angry talking dogs. Right? And so what's Carl do? Go ahead, just take him. Leave me alone. And then he's like, ah, oh, but I kind of like this annoying kid. Kind of like this irritating bird named Kevin and this goofy dog that just keeps talking. And so the crazy part is Carl starts to use what he's been going through, the loss, the pain, the struggling. He's been using, he's using that now. He's recognizing the problem and he wants those things in his life because they are shaping him to be a better individual so that he can continue to pursue his goal of reaching paradise falls. And so over a really long and painful uh, battle of mess that Carl lost a lot of battles, eventually he won the war. He made it past Mr. Muntz. His feelings were broken. His goals were broken. His exploring and his desire to explore completely just blown apart. Everything had fallen down around him. But he was able to continue to pursue his goal and his dreams and press forward now with having a whole bunch of support and a whole bunch of lessons learned and a whole bunch of direction and encouragement moving forward. Next set of slides, Kurt. Carl ends up flying his house in some manner, which still blows my mind, but whatever. Flying his house 
You can see good old Russell and dog named Doug, and Kevin is in the background of the picture following along behind as they pursue in now his landing of his mission of being at Paradise Falls, but it's slightly different than what he expected initially. He ends up landing like right on the edge of Paradise Falls with his house in the beautiful landscape that he thought, but he's not alone like he wanted to be. He's not with Ellie like he wanted to be. He has a group of support around him. He has some friends that he didn't expect to have. He now has learned quite a few lessons that he didn't expect to learn. He has an annoying bird and a pet dog that talks. Right? Crazy, crazy story. If you've never seen the movie Up, I suggest you go and watch it one time and look at it through a different lens because it's a cool story. It's a wild movie. So, okay, Grant, we're sitting here on a Sunday morning and we're talking about the movie Up, what in the world are you doing at church? Well, Dan's not here, so we're going to... No, I'm just kidding. No, there's a lesson in all of this. There's a lesson in all of this. Um, it's wild. It kind of blew my mind as I spent some time thinking about it because the, the message today was supposed to be about action. It's supposed to be about going and doing something. Not just something. Going and do, going to do what God has called and developed and encouraged and equipped and moved you to do. And it's kind of a hard message for me to give. I'll admit it. Because Grant's past of like no risk style leadership <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, I, was, I was in, in November, I was, I was playing, it was November, right? Mad, was it November we were in Ocean City? December? November. I was playing music uh, with a buddy's church for a youth event. And at this youth event, they hire in these people to speak all the time. And they go from being like, you know, very traditional uh, speakers to very edgy speakers. This dude they brought in, and I think I've talked about him before, but this dude they brought in was like on the edge of edgy. He's a cool, like very, very uh, uh, bright, um, tatted up, like solid guy. And his name's Kelly Kay. And I remember sitting and talking after the kids broke out and we were playing music and Kelly's just talking, asking me questions about what we do and whatever. And somehow somebody said something about, oh yeah, Grant, it's like Grant's, uh, feels called to be a start to church. You know, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, he's, you know, whatever. And so he's like, oh, tell me about this. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm just kind of a, I'm a no risk individual. And he like looked at me like a straight face and was like, what? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't like risk. Like, I, I've learned that about myself, and I'm, I've, I've learned that, that I'm, I'm accepting of it now, and I'm just going to do what I can to try to, like, but it's just who I am. I'm just in no risk. And he's like, dude, that doesn't exist with, a, like, a guy who follows God. No risk doesn't exist when you follow God. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, look in the Bible. Tell me which of those guys didn't, didn't take any risks at all. And I was like, oh, crap. You got a point, Kelly. <clears throat> I'm like, well, Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's that. Uh, there aren't any stories about anybody who was like, yeah, I'm, not a, no ri- I'm a no-risk individual, and uh, Jesus says, go start this church somewhere out in the middle of wherever, and um, I'm going to do it because I know it's not going to fail. Uh, they did it, but they knew there was a risk involved. See, Grant's life is like this, this whirlwind of like calling and concern, and things happened and pulled me off target a little bit. And more things happened and pulled me off target. But, but God brought along people and brought along things and brought along experiences to which I'm like, okay, all right, fine. And then he brought me this lovely voice in my life that was like, Grant, huh? hey, Grant, wake up. I think you're supposed to do this. Hey, hey. And then I married her. And then she was like, 
hey, 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 and now I can't get away from it. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's the life we live as a follower of Christ. We get called into something. We get moving towards something. The world disrupts the direction you're moving in, but the whole time you're being equipped and trained to move there. You're healing. You're experiencing difficult stuff. Things fall apart. Directions and plans fall apart. But God continues to encourage and equip and support you in your pursuit of what he's called you to do. And that's where we land. That's what we're going to be talking about today. See, the lesson from Carl may not be 100% equal, isn't 100% equal, to following the life of a disciple of Jesus. But it's a super good picture of how life throws us turns and curves. And when we take a step back and look at where we've been and where we think God's calling us to go, or even if we just take a step back because we don't know, we haven't heard where's God's calling us to go. If we take a step back and look at our life and the direction we've been, I can bet you can find a thread of something that God has been scoping you towards. The way you were raised, things you like to do, people around you, the things they do, the direction you move together, the direction, even, even with all the barriers in place that you're trying to hurdle around, the direction that you're pulling towards, God is leading you to that thing. If we take a big step back, we can get a good picture. If we spend some time in prayer and with, with other Christians around, if we ask questions, we look into our lives, we can see that we were called to explore a lot like Carl. There's a direction, a place God's called us to go, a thing that God set just for you to do. He brings people around you to help support you get there. He brings things around your life to help support you and encourage you and equip you. Things show up in your life to try to slow you down that you can overcome and learn how to persevere through, learn how to support others and their goals and their missions. God sets us in these plans, and Carl's life is a perfect picture of pursuit, of a calling, and of how it shakes out versus how we felt like it should have went. So I pulled out two little chunks that we're going to try to hit real quick here as we close out today. In Carl's life, I used up, you can see, all right? That was fun. In Carl's life, we learned that we need to be going up. Carl wanted to go. A lot of things were holding him back, but he needed to continue to press forward. A lot of the stuff around him that was obstacles ended up being tools for him to utilize in his journey. In Philippians, written by the Apostle Paul, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. It is so easy today to hit a barrier and give up on a goal. It is so easy today to fail and you're just like, ah, all right, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm going to go do something else. It's so easy today to experience losses and struggles and completely clam up and hide away because obviously something shouldn't be, something's keeping me from go, going there and I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't be going in that direction. But see, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul, Paul's life was threatened. Paul experienced some, and, and we're going to kind of talk about him next week. We're going to spend quite a bit of time next week talking about Paul. Wild story really cool guy, somebody I didn't comprehend, didn't even attend, I had no idea, nothing. I, Paul was always a big question mark. 
Um, and over the past couple uh, years or so, he's become a lot more, I've, he's a lot more of a normal human to me than he had been in the past. Um, but Paul's telling these guys that he's talking to in a church, he's saying, look, I don't, con- I don't consider, my- consider myself have perfected this, but you know what I do? All the junk that I run into, I just, I forget what's behind me and I keep pressing towards what's ahead. Carl had loss and struggle. Every time he saved up money to go to Stinkin' Paradise Falls, he had to smash his container and spend all of his money because something stinky happened and held him back. That happens to us in our lives. And when we hit the brakes and get super cautious and start putting in a whole bunch of fear into our lives, I'm speaking to myself now, just so you know. If, if you put, and I might be speaking to you too, who knows. But um, if you put all that stuff in the way and you, and you pull back in the fear, you don't press forward. You just stall, and you sit, and you question everything, and you don't go anywhere. And Paul's like, guys, you got to forget all that mess and press forward, straining towards what is ahead. It's not an easy journey. It never is. Nobody on earth has lived an easy life. The best of the best, the worst of the worst, it's always been difficult. What separates the people that, that make it to what God's called them to do, or is making it in life, is their ability to press on amidst all of the disaster around them. To take that stuff, allow it to be something that fuels us, allows it to, allow it to be something that encourages us, that equips us for our next step, and using that as a tool to press on. That's what Paul was saying in Philippians. The second verse um, that I wanted to go through, uh, I, called, I called this one, go ahead, Kurt. I called this one... Um, Reaching out. That's what it was. Reaching out. I should have wrote those down in my paper, but I didn't. But it's cool. Reaching out. Um, in the book of Peter, 1 Peter 4, this is 10 and 11. Yeah. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in, various, in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as, no one, as, as one speaks with the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it they should do so with the strength God provides, so then all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The rest of that is on the next slide, but that's okay. So the first segment of that verse, the first segment of that verse in Peter, he's writing and he says, we should do whatever, use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Going through Carl's story and looking back on my own life, I recognize that the whatever gifts aren't always like, hey, Grant has the ability to talk a lot. We're going to use that, right? I mean, yeah, okay, that's simple, sure. You know, like, Grant has the ability to make friends. We're going to use that. Yes, okay, yeah, that's a gift, sure, we'll use it. But you know what's funny? Gifts are things you receive. You don't always get the gifts that you like. Sometimes those gifts come in ways that are tripping you up, that hold you back. The annoying dog that talks the annoying kid that follows you around, the funky bird that just keeps taking your stuff, right? It's all those things that hinder us. Those can be viewed as gifts as well. Because even though they're slowing us up, they're teaching us something. The dog that's just an irritant is teaching us how to love better. Maybe he's teaching us how to persevere through annoyance. But he's teaching us how to love. The little kid who just wants to be near, he's saying, he's teaching us how to love. 
right? The bird that nobody really wants and it's kind of weird. Turns out Kevin's a girl and Kevin has babies, crazy weird stuff. Uh, and, and Kevin's a, a, um, a snipe, right? The bird that doesn't actually exist. Like, what in the world? This, like, random thing that shows up in my life that I just can't shake off. It taught Carl how to continue to press forward amidst all the struggle, the hurt, the pain, all of those. They're never all, they're, they're, none of them are great things that you'd be happy to receive as a gift. Oh, yay, I have the ability to figure out how to make it through an addiction. Woo, yay, I have the ability to perse- pers- persevere through a huge loss. Yippee. I have, I have the ability to be able to talk to other people who are experiencing the same health issues I have. Joy. Right? It's not always the gift we want. But we can use these gifts. We can use all of these things that are given to us, whether we wanted them or not. We can use them to serve and help others. So as we're kind of buttoning up this journey, the next journey, we looked at NVC's mission, Grace and Truth. But I want you to spend some time thinking about your journey. Thinking about your journey. I have a handful of questions. I'm going to ask you them. I want you to think. It doesn't have to be right this second. This is all on a podcast. Please go back. And even if you want to listen to the last five minutes, maybe 10-ish of the sermon, ser- of the sermon from today, um, and read, just re-listen to it to give yourself some time. If you want to take the program, spend some time with it. Spend some time and go back through these questions. Where are you in your journey? This isn't an age thing. You know, this, this, uh, this part in particular isn't a calling thing entirely. This is a relational thing. Where are you in your journey? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you stand? Do you know your creator? Do you know where you came from? Are you on the back end of some really difficult stuff and you're trying to heal? Are you in the midst of some difficulty, some gifts that have been given to you that you don't really want? that are teaching you and equipping you? Are you on the fringe of going and being commissioned to go do something God's called you to do in your life? Start something new, be the leader of something, stepping forward, or even just supporting something. God calls people to support. That is totally a thing. Where are you in your journey? Where are you in your relationship with Christ? Have you spent time looking at how God is shaping you? Have you spent time looking back? If you haven't, do it. It's a wild picture. Think of all those difficult things that came up. Think of all the really exciting things. Think about all the things you love to do. If you had the opportunity to do whatever it was, think of those things. I know people that like any chance they get, they'll be hanging out with the homeless in downtown Frederick. They just love that. That, that They love being a part of that. Have you spent any time looking back at how God's shaping you through the difficult things, through the exciting things, all the things? Do you know what you've been called to do, slash, what are you doing to pursue your calling? Answer might be no, and that's okay. We don't always have a clear picture of what God's calling us to do right away. Sometimes the first step is knowing who he is. Sometimes it's it's healing and getting a better feeling and understanding of where you stand in God's presence. Seeing his grace, understanding where that comes from. But if you do think you know where you've been called, what are you doing to pursue your calling? Last question, are you moving or are you sitting still? Are you moving or are you sitting still? Carl could have chose at any moment 
in his life, in his 70 years of really cool adventure that we got to see in less than an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes of a movie, Carl could have chose to hit the brakes and just completely stopped it all. He would have avoided the Russell. He would have avoided the annoying dog and the weird bird and months and all of it. He could have just stayed in his house, in his chair, looking at his picture of his wife who had passed, and he could just sit and not moved. But because Carl felt the call to go do something bigger, he impacted the lives of all of those other things. He grew an entirely different way that he wouldn't have just sitting at his house. He moved in ways that were totally unexpected. He created himself a whole new environment. He impacted the lives of each of these individuals that followed with him. It's a big point. But sometimes, out of fear, we sit still. Grant, preaching to himself. You're welcome. So I got two last questions for you. One, this stuff seems wild. This all seems wild. Oh, yeah, the band could come up. Good call. Thanks. That's fine. They'd show up eventually. There's nothing worse than, like, expecting the band to, but you guys are going to hang out for a minute. It's fine. You're welcome. Question number one. The most, impo- and most important question for today, if you don't know, where do you stand in a relationship with your creator? Do you know that there's a God that created you that wanted you to live here in this time because he has something important for you to do. There's no accident that you're here. There's no accident that you met somebody to show up here or that you just accidentally turned on to Deerwood's place and showed up. That's, none of that's an accident. You, you didn't just like, oops, I'm here. God called you to be here. He called you to be in this chaos that we love called North Valley Church and these wild family Sundays with these lovely little people. God called you to be here. This was important. This was part of what he designed you to do. He knew you would be here today, and he planned for it. None of this is a surprise. None of this is an accident. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he has a plan for you. And you can see that by the way you've lived your life so far. I would love to sit and talk to you for a few minutes or longer because I like to talk about the direction of your life, about where you came from, where you think you're going, about God, if you think he's real or not. The funny part is I've talked to so many people um, (laughs) about God, construction dudes who are like, nah, 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 I don't got time for that. I ain't ain't up for that mess. And I'm like, dude, I get it. But like, let's spend a few minutes. And every time... It boils down to we understand we were created for something. We understand we were created by something. It's just hard to get a grasp around it sometimes. And so, if you want a moment to speak to me, I would happily talk to you. If you want to reach out to PD, he is much more uh, educated and well-experienced in talking to those kind of things and those people. You're welcome to reach out to him, but he is scary and he's old. So, if that works better for you, that's fine. You know, I'm just saying, I'm the young guy, and he's not here. Happy birthday, Millie. Thanks. Um, uh, no, but either way, you can reach out to Dan. Uh, you can reach out to me. I, I would be happy to talk to you. Dan would be more than happy to talk to you about what it means to start a relationship with God. It's nothing fancy. You don't have to scrape your blood and put it on a paper. There's nothing insane that you have to do. 
Matter of fact, you may already have a relationship started with God and you just don't know how to do it, what to do with it. It's as simple as starting a relationship with another person that's nearby, a friendship, a discussion, a small group, you name it. Crossing streets, crossing on the street with somebody else and talking to them for 10 seconds. That's how you start a relationship with God. It's super simple. And so if you haven't done that yet, please, I encourage you, spend some time thinking about that to start. And then please go through those questions because it'll help you understand better. But if you haven't time, or if you, if you got time, feel free to reach out to me. Reach out to Dan, info at nbcmd.org. That's Dan. Uh, you can email me if you want to. My email's just grantc at nbcmd.org. Um, I'll take either one. Last thing, we created a questionnaire And the whole purpose of this questionnaire is to be able to support you and your journey because North Valley exists to help those people. We are empowering. We're trying to help people, and that's you guys. So we'd like to know where you're at and how we could help you. And so to do that, we created, Dan created this three-question questionnaire, super simple, super easy. It has three follow-up questions, so it could be a max of six, all right, three to six. Um, But... I ask you to go through it. I ask you to reach out because we, again, we are here to support you. North Valley's here to support you in your mission, in your journey with Christ, but we're also here to work together as a team to continue to press forward on what God's laid on Dan's heart for North Valley and the direction North Valley's going. So please, if you get a minute, scan that QR code that's in your program. Shout out to Tori, putting QR code in the program. Well done. You can also find it on Church Center on the app. If you don't, if you can't find it on Church Center or you don't, or Church Center or you don't have the QR code, I can also send you a link. Like, click the button, it opens up, you fill out the questions. All right, we'll make it super simple. All right, that is it. I will pray for us. We will do some worship. Father God, we just thank you for our time together. We thank you for these silly but uh, very impactful movies, Father, and for the and for these people that are involved and these characters that are created in this movie that are just direct reflections of us in our lives. Father, I pray that we're able to spend some time today just reflecting on some of the questions involved with today's message, Father. Questions about where we stand with you and who you are. Questions about where we stand on our journey. How, God, how God's shaping us right now. How, how, you know, what the world's doing, where we need support, Father. I just pray that we have time today to just digest all of those questions and all of those things. Father, I pray for our friends that are hurting, who are here today or not with us today that are struggling, struggling because the barriers and the gifts that have been given to them are, aren't ones that they wanted to receive. Pray that they're able to just see them from a different perspective. Maybe not take them necessarily with joy, Father, but see them as what they are, something to train, something to equip us for what's to come in the future. Father, I just thank you. I love you. We all love you. We pray uh, all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys join us in worship?